Hey, coming up on the show, we have a very talented musician, Michael Thomas. He's currently the guitarist in Adler's Appetite, playing with Steven Adler from Guns N' Roses, one of my favorite bands. And he's got a great story of playing with Steven and Duff and Izzy from GNR too. So that's really cool. Plus, we're going to chat about some of his old bands and working with guitarist DJ Ashba, another member of uh, Guns N' Roses and also was in 6AM. And we're going to talk about Michael's new solo music and also how he gets those six-pack abs. So stay tuned. So Chuck, where, where are you located? Uh, I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. Oh, are you in uh, Dallas? Yeah, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Okay. How's the weather there? Is it nice? Uh, it's getting warmer, man. It, it was cold a couple of weeks ago and it's still kind of going through that last of the winter kind of feel, but, uh, it's, it's starting to warm up, which is awesome because, uh, we had, uh, some really cold weather about two, three weeks ago, you know, and I'm not much of a cold weather fan. So it's nice to get back to the warm weather. Yeah, no, that's it's perfect right here. Now's the best time to visit Arizona if you want to come down. As I'm sure you've been here before, right? I've toured through Arizona more times than I can count. I actually almost bought a house in Arizona about ten years ago. So, which area? Uh, are you familiar with Casa Grande? Yep. Yeah, so down that way, in between Phoenix and Tucson. Yeah, that's kind of like in the in the outskirts. That'd be tough yeah. to do the music business. Did you have to be in a certain area for, or do you just fly in for everything now? Fly in for everything, my friend. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. That's, is that cost effective too, though? Because I know the touring and the buses, that's too expensive. So the fly-in dates, everyone could just fly from any city then. If you're like, if you're doing Adler's Appetite in Vegas, you all just take a ticket and. That's what we've been doing now for quite some time because it is more cost effective. The overhead on the bus gets crazy. And, you know, honestly, dude, with, with Steven, we did that for so many years doing like eight, nine week tours. I mean, it really beats you up after a while. And um, the smart play with the whole situation these days is the flying dates because, you know, you do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the crowds are much better. Uh, they're the best days of the week. So the guarantees are better. Usually when you're out on a bus and you're doing Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you know, really you're just kind of paying for the overhead. You know, so you're out there breaking your back just to make sure that you're above water for the rest of the week. So uh, what's really great now with the situation with Steven is a lot of our stuff is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we'll fly out like on Wednesday night or a Thursday night, depending on how many shows we're doing. And then everybody's back home in their own bed on a Sunday. And we all live in different states. So um, we just fly in. We'll, you know, run through a few things at soundcheck and then we're good to go. So what do you do like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just like recording and writing and do, yeah, I, I do a lot of studio sessions. I write for other artists. Um, I've got my own stuff that I've been working on. I have a handful of projects outside of music, um, other like endeavors in like graphic design and in the technology sector. Like, dude, I have my hands in everything. Really? What the tech? I know you have the clothing thing. Um, the what's a, a sick truth. I like, I like you clearly have a cool style, much cooler than me, but what's the uh, industrial thing or what'd you, what'd you call it? Industrial. 
well, like the IT stuff. IT, like, yeah. What is that? Like, what are you doing in that? Uh, it can be a range of things, man. I'll get a, a call from, you know, a different company saying, hey, I need somebody who understands this kind of like non-prod infrastructure. Can you come in and, and, and help us with this or run this? Or, you know, they'll, they'll like portion out different contracts for like, you know, short-term things. So depending on what I'm doing, like it's cool because it balances my brain, right? So I, I have mm. the, the creative side and all the music stuff. And then I have like a business side that's very entrepreneurial outside of that, you know? So I think it, it it's a good balance for me. Do you know the tech stuff, like with the production and the lighting and the audio and all that stuff with, you know, cause I feel like a lot of the musicians I interview do not know about, like, even with a simple zoom call like this, like the lighting will be off or the audio oh. will be garbled or echoey. Like there's so many things like that. that I feel like that's, a, there's definitely a need for that. I'll be honest. Yeah, you know, I, I've had to kind of be a jack of all trades, you know, and yeah. I think, you know, I've been in the industry as long as I have been, you really kind of start to accumulate some, some knowledge and, um, you know, you start kind of venturing out in different areas where maybe you never really thought about doing things, you know, before. So um, I just, I think to be effective and to get things done in, you know, cost effective manner. Yeah, you, you kind of pick up these other things and it helps you in your own stuff. I know whether it was from, you know, recording or tour managing, you know, I, I've done a ton of different things. Hmm. Um, and I think it's just good to, you know, be well-rounded like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, tell me about the new song. So it's called What's On Your Mind. It's a cover of that 80s song by Information Society. Because at first I started listening and I was like, wait, I know this song. And then yeah. obviously it's a cover. Now, is that you singing on it? Yeah, I did everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was a song that I loved as a kid and, um, you know, it's been something that I wanted to do and kind of reimagine. So, uh, I had time obviously last year because everybody was at home during the whole lockdown thing. Uh, so, you know, I kind of got back into revisiting some projects that I wanted to do, but just didn't have the time for. And that was one of the songs that I, I was really excited about doing. So I went to the studio here in Dallas, uh, a studio that I've been working out of for quite some time now. Um, there was a period of time where I was kind of flying in between L.A. and Dallas. Uh, I was living in L.A. at the time, but um, there was a record label that I was uh, doing artist development for here in Dallas. So I was in the studio uh, working with uh, some kind of younger, newer bands that the label was interested in, in working with. And, you know, writing songs with them, you know, kind of developing um, their sound and style and getting them recorded. So it's a studio here in Dallas that I love. Uh, buddy of mine, who I work, you know, extensively with, um, you know, we just kind of got to work. And it was this kind of nice environment where it was just him and I. And um, we were kind of in this bubble and, you know, nothing was kind of off limits. Uh, so when it came to that song, you know, it was so kind of 80s techno synth pop that I wanted to replace those sounds, but use the guitar to do it. So like when you hear a lot of those electronic sounds all throughout the song, I mean, those are all guitars, you know, I'm kind of doing this thing where I have my Les Paul and I have the, uh, the neck pickup volume off and I use the toggle switch to get that kind of digital sound, you know, and then I use a wah pedal to get these sweeps and range. Uh, So it was really cool to reimagine it and, and do it, with real instruments because i think it it brings a different feeling to the song it's not a a lot of like the you know the synth pop tracks it's a little more mechanical where i think this has a little more kind of girth and feel to it 
Yeah, no, it sounds, it's a great update. It's like industrial kind of sounding. So you said it's real instruments. So that's real drum set. You play the drums too? I do everything, but the drums, some of those are samples and they were looped together in the studio. So, okay. yeah, but no, I do. I do play the drums. I play the bass. Wow. I sing. I'm not sure if you saw on my page. Um, I put out uh, my own disc uh, uh, a little while back and the band name was called Fastback. And mm -hmm. I, you know, wrote that record, uh, recorded everything myself. Uh, my buddy, Brian Saunders, who played with me in a number of touring bands, he played bass on the record, um, you know, did all the vocals and, and everything like right out of the house. It was like super organic, um, but it was a great education on, you know, recording, mixing, all that. So I did everything from start to finish. The only thing I didn't do on that record was the mastering. I sent that out. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I've just I've taught myself to do a little bit of everything because I always kind of fell into the trap of, well, if I have to go to other people to do things, it may take a long time. You know, and I really like being self-contained like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, but you have some good musician friends that now, if you do more music, you put out a full album. Would you, would you have some of those people guest on there? Like have Steven play drums on a few songs or something like that? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If, if that opportunity presents itself, you know, I, I totally would, you know? Um, and, you know, Steven and I have, written a number of songs together and released some stuff like back when his book came out, um, my appetite for destruction, you know, I wrote the song that went out with that book. Alive. Yeah. Alive. I love that song. Thanks. That's a great for that. All three of those, it's alive star dog or is yeah. it star dog and fading. Yeah. They sound more like the appetite stuff than a lot of the other guns and roses projects. Like he clearly went for that distinct sound. I love it. I think it's great stuff. Well, you know, Alive was, was me in my studio putting that whole thing together, you know, and I said, okay, I need a really cool riff to start this thing out with. That's kind of, you know, kind of definitely dirty and kind of sleazy and has that early GNR feel. Yeah. And then the other thing that I was really big on was I have to incorporate that cowbell. Yes. So, um, you know, so I, I basically produced the whole demo uh, in my home studio and then brought it to the guys and they really liked the tune. Um, and it was funny because I had all the lyrics and the melodies written. So I basically, at that time, took Steven out to my car. I played him the song in my car and then I sang over top of it so he could hear the chorus, he could hear the melodies. So um, not shortly after that, we, we went to the studio and, and cut the track and then all the guys in the band played on the actual, you know, recording of it. Steven obviously did the drums, Chips Enough from Enough's Enough played bass. Right. Uh, so yeah, it came together great. Actually, uh, Anthony Fox, my old rhythm guitar player from beautiful creatures, uh, produced that track. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's done a number of like really cool projects over the years. I don't know if you're familiar with Anthony. Yeah. I think he actually, it's funny cause <laughs> I think I must've sent him a friend request. Like it had to have been like, I feel like it was maybe years ago, maybe not, maybe it was a couple of weeks ago. I don't know, but he just accepted it like the other day. And I was like, well, cool. Like he's, that happens like sometimes I think people just, they forget Facebook or whatever. And, and so yeah. I'll get these random, like blah, 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 accepted your friend request. I'm like, I don't remember when I sent this, like that was a long time ago, but it's cool. right. yeah. So yeah, he's definitely a name I've, I've seen a lot. So beautiful creatures. Uh, that wasn't, that wasn't your first was engines of aggression. Your first kind of big band that when you yeah took off for LA and got there. Yeah. Yeah. Engines was really my first big touring. 
And um, after engines, it was weird. So I, I was doing engines and, um, you know, I was in a bunch of bands of kind of one time just trying to work my way up the ladder in, in LA, you know? So I was doing engines and then through a buddy of mine, um, I heard about another opening, uh, with a band called tough, which was another band from the eighties. The yeah. I had Stevie on the show, uh, on the show. Yeah. He's great. So that, that was going to say, maybe that's the first that, I mean, engine of aggressions, you guys had a record deal though, right? Or no. Yeah, yeah. The, the first record came out on Priority Records, and okay. I joined the band shortly after. We started doing new tracks with uh, some some pretty cool people at the time. It was Steve Duda who had done um, some work on the Nine Inch Nails Fragile record, and then oh. also did uh, some stuff for the Rob Zombie remix record. So his style kind of fit in with what we were doing pretty well. Um, and shortly after that, we ended up going to Japan and, and doing a tour of Japan. And um, I had gotten the Beautiful Creatures gig like maybe two weeks before the Japan run. So I kind of knew that that was like my last hurrah with, with engines. So when I came back from uh, Japan, it was just full bore with, with Creatures. Creatures and also Bang Tango, the, the kind of, yeah. you, you were in those together simultaneously? Yeah. And, you know, um, it's funny because the whole thing with Bang Tango was, was just, you know, Joe and I were in between records, right? And we were, we were writing the second record. We were in the studio with Bo Hill. And we were just looking for a way to kind of, you know, have fun, play some shows and, you know, make some money in between starting the second Beautiful Creatures record. So we had put together just a jam band with a couple of buddy of ours from the London Choir Boys. And we had booked some shows and we were just going to go out and do some like Aerosmith ACDC and just kind of have some fun, you know, while we were, you know, in the studio and, and getting that second record together. Uh, we booked the shows and then like it was a week or two before we were the first gig and, and the guys in the choir boys got this offer to go out on a tour and they had to bail out on the thing that we were doing. So we grabbed some other friends and we kind of filled the gaps in, in the set list with some Bang Tango songs. And honestly, that's how the whole thing kind of started. And it wasn't, it wasn't even like a conscious effort. Uh, we did the gig the next day. Our um, booking agent's phone was, was ringing with offers for Bang Tango. So Joe and I at that point decided, well, hey, I think we have something here. Let's kind of revisit that. The band hadn't done anything in years. And, it, you know, honestly, that was one of my favorite records, like Psycho Cafe and Dancing on Coals. I, I love those records. So, um, yeah, we went out and we did that. And we were kind of doing that at the same time as, as Beautiful Creatures. So, um, you know, it was, it was it was a cool period of, of, you know, working on original music and then revisiting some some classic material. You didn't play on the Pistol Whipped in the Bible Belt, though, one, did you? No, no that was uh, probably a number of years after I okay. left the band. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Tough, Bang Tango, Beautiful Creatures, Engines of Aggressions, uh, Faster Pussycat. You joined, yes, Were you in that during Beautiful Creatures and Bang Tango, too? Like no, actually, uh, Pussycat came about probably like a year after that. So okay. um, I I had left I had left Beautiful Creatures, and I I got a couple offers from some other bands to come in and, and you know step into another band that had already been established and put out records. So here's here's a weird part of the story. Um, I was playing with Beautiful Creatures, and every now and then I'd run into DJ uh, Ashbo, who was the original guitar player for Beautiful Creatures. Future Guns N' Roses guitarist? And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 6 a.m., and yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah. So um, 
you know, we would hang out occasionally. We'd run into each other in Hollywood or whatever. And, you know, he'd ask me how the band was doing. And, you know, we'd come down to gigs every now and then. So after I left Beautiful Creatures, like, man, literally, it's so weird. Like, two days later, I'm hanging out uh, with some friends having a drink in Hollywood. And I run into DJ. And so we start talking. And he's like, so what's going on? I said, oh, you know, I'm leaving that situation. Want to go do, you know, work on more original music. I said, what are you up to? And he was telling me, oh, you know, I'm kind of doing the same thing. I'm putting together some tunes and, you know, I have a new manager. So we went out to his car and he played me a couple of tracks. And I was like, oh, man, stuff sounds good. I said, you know, best of luck to you. And then I left. And then it was like a day and a half later, my phone rings and it was his manager. And uh, uh, Katie McNeil, who he, she went on to manage a number of acts, but most notably uh, Neil Diamond. And actually I ended up marrying wow. Neil. Yeah. So Katie called me and was like, hey, you know, um, DJ obviously has seen you play the creature stuff. He's starting his own thing. He wants to focus more on vocals instead of playing guitar. Would you be interested in coming down and, and jamming with the guys? So um, I was like, sure. So I went down there and like literally that afternoon, we moved all my gear into the studio and then just started working together on, on music. So we did that for about probably about a year, a year and a half. And uh, we went from working with Katie and then um, went over to 10th Street Management with Alan Kovac. And we were with Alan for quite a while. And then, you know, there was other projects coming down the pipeline. And I remember, like, we were writing, but we weren't really playing out. We were just kind of, you know, waiting for our chance to get in the studio and record the record. And, you know, it kept getting delayed with other artists. You know, first it was like Blondie, then it was like Hanson, then it was Meatloaf, and then it was Buck Cherry. And, you know, after a year and a half, I'm like, listen, dude, I got to get back out on the road, man. It's killing me not to be playing. Um, so shortly after that, uh, I got the call for Stephen and to go out and do a tour with, with Adler. So um, I ended up doing that. DJ ended up switching back to playing guitar and brought in a singer. And uh, they did that for like another, I want to say like a year or two, but it just never really got off the ground, you know? So what so, was that project called? Did, I, did any of that music ever see the light of day? No, no, I don't think it ever did. It was just called Ashbrook. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So you get paid uh, you know, for stuff like that or how does that? Sorry. Do you get paid for stuff like that? Or is it just like uh, maybe something? At that time, no, we weren't on retainer. So that yeah. was also tough, kind of making that stretch and not being out working, you know? Right. Um, we, did, we did have a song in – so, you know, there was a period of time, especially during that period, where, um, like, songs for video games were huge. And it was yeah. just kind of getting started with, like, Xbox. So um, we had done a song – and, dude, it's the craziest thing. I forgot about this. So Niall Rogers came down to one of our rehearsals. You know who Niall, Niall Rogers is, obviously. I, I'm trying to blind. I definitely know the name, but I'm trying to place how I know that name. Oh, okay. Um, I knew so, Alan Kovac, too. Like these names, like I know these names, but I, I, I'm just trying to blank on where, how I know those names. Oh, so Alan Kovac, he, uh, you know, he is the head of uh, 10th Street. And he's managed Molly Crew and yeah, okay. all those big bands. For yeah. Um, but, but Niall, not, uh, Niall Rogers, I mean, he had worked on a bunch of amazing stuff. I, you know, a lot of stuff over the years I think I want to say like, you know, like 
Parliament Funkadelic and, and um, Sly and the Family Stone and like a, a number of huge hits. Like, don't quote me on that, but I'm thinking those are the, some of the projects that he was involved with. Um, but anyways, um, he helped us pick, I believe, the song that ended up on, on the Xbox game. It was called Outlaw Volleyball. So one of the songs ended up in that video game. So when you asked, did any of that material see the light of day? Oh, okay. I think that was like one of the only songs that did. Now, um, once I left the band, DJ, like I said, went back to guitar and, and you know, he brought in a singer. Um, and I'm not really kind of sure. I, I didn't really kind of follow what happened after that. Mm. But oddly enough, um, we would run into one another every now and then, you know, in L.A. But uh, when I was out with Brand New Machine, we ended up going over to India to open up for Guns N' Roses. And DJ was in the band at that time. So I walked into the hotel bar in India. and There was DJ. And I, I kind of looked at him and he looked at me. And it was, it was as weird probably for him as it was for me because I didn't really equate him being in the band at that time, you know? And um, all of a sudden, I'm on the opposite side of the world in a hotel bar, and then there's my old bandmate. It was, like, super weird, man, super weird. That's, um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You, so Because I just listened to that uh, Brand New Machine stuff on Spotify, uh, the Devil Made Me Do It album. It's really good. I was like, oh, this is cool stuff. So right. that you guys actually opened for Guns N' Roses. That's pretty crazy. So I was going to ask you if you had any interactions with the band, but clearly you must have, you saw DJ. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was that I was mean, Bumblefoot was in the band too or Who? Bumblefoot was in there too, or, or was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think I saw him in Vegas like that and it was, and I can't remember if the, who the, if the, if I had a chicken, uh, what's this? Buckethead? Sorry. <laughs> Not Chickenhead. Yeah, Buckethead. Buckethead. Yeah. Was that because I, I know there was a third guitarist? I know it was definitely DJ Ashba and Bumblefoot, and those guys are phenomenal to see live. I know people will say that's not the original band, but they were good. I mean, they were freaking Axel obviously picked them for a reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the show was great, man. And, um, you know, everybody was super cool. Um, you know, we oddly enough, we all kind of met up at the airport the next day, or hmm. sorry, like later that morning. I want to say it was like six in the morning, it was some ungodly hour. But, um, yeah, they were super cool. And, uh, you know, Ron, actually, I had, oddly enough, I, I met at a Halloween party with Frank that a buddy of mine was throwing in L.A. Uh, I also ran into him. I think we did a show together when he was playing guitar. He briefly played guitar for Lita Ford at one point. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Both so it was us. It was Stephen Adler and Lita Ford and Warrant. Uh, it was like at Toyota Park. I think it's Chicago. It's like a fourth of July show. Yeah. yeah. So, it, dude, it's a really small world when it comes to this kind of stuff, you know? Um, so, yeah, those guys are great and phenomenal musicians. And um, you know, what's funny is we just played Vegas, the Fremont Street experience. Yeah. Um, I thought about going to that. I, I can't remember why I didn't. It's only a five-hour drive. Dude, it was amazing. There's a picture on my website and one that I posted on social media from that night. 15,000 people. It was on. It was like the most, the biggest crowd they ever had. And the craziest thing is I show up to the gig and DJ's in the dressing room. I had no idea that he was going to be down there. He lives in Vegas, but uh, he was uh, talking with a rhythm guitar player and uh, he came down to the show. So, you know, I ended up seeing him there that night, which is probably, you know, the first time in, in a while that I had seen him. So it's, Dude, it's just weird, 
cross section of these. Well, yeah, like, and it's weird that too that you play with Todd Kearns in Adler's Appetite, and he's also in Slash's band. I mean, that that's a funny connection there too. And I just saw Slash's band, and Todd is such a he's such a good vocalist. I mean, he's yeah. like I couldn't believe how well he could sing. Dude, he's a phenomenal person, and you know what's really cool is um, he and I have shared similar bands together. Um, and when I say that, I mean we we've known the same people for years. And there was a time when I was out with Faster Pussycat. Tammy and I were probably in the states, and the guitar player Brent Muscat started his own version, and Todd was a part of that. Hmm. So uh, yeah, that always yeah. gets weird when there's two versions of the band. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, I knew of Todd, but I, I, I was never really in the same place at the same time. So we never met, um, for the thing with Steven, we had, uh, our, our, our bass player that we've had for a couple of years, Tanya O'Callaghan, she had some other commitments. So we had to bring in somebody to play bass and, um, Tanya just recently picked up a gig for Whitesnake. So she's the, the new bass player in Whitesnake. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, our rhythm guitar player lives in Vegas as well. So he reached out to Todd and said, hey, I don't know if this fits into your schedule, but, you know, we have shows. Obviously, you know the material. So, you know, we'd love to have you come out with us if you're if you're around. So, um, yeah, it, it just ended up working with the schedule. So, yeah, he was out with us for, for a while. And, um, dude, he is such a wonderful person. He's so awesome. And it was funny because, like, you know, you show up to the gig and we didn't really have a chance to rehearse. But obviously, you know, the guy's a pro and knows the material. So we ran through a couple of things at Soundcheck and um, had a great show in New York. And then the next day we were traveling to Pennsylvania. And um, it was the first time that we actually got to sat, sit down and talk, you know, and mm-hmm. just kind of get to know one another. And, um, dude, he's, he's one of my favorite human beings on the planet. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so you're, when you were playing Slash's parts in, uh, Adler's Appetite, how hard is that? Because I have a friend who plays guitar and he's, he tried some of those solos and some of the moves that Slash does. And he, and he's, he's realizing how hard it is. Like the moves he said, he goes, yeah, I'm going to turn my guitar 90 degrees like Slash does. And he's like, I only got 30 degrees. I, I can't do it. Like, do you try <laughs> to do all the moves too? Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is like, for me, I'm a pretty physical player. Like I run around a lot, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't sit still. Yeah. And so I, I already kind of naturally kind of do that stuff. You know, I'm definitely was a big fan of kiss when I was a kid. I love like the big rock show, you know, yeah. I'm just not that guy who can stand in one place. It doesn't happen. Um, so, you know, for me, when I'm doing that stuff, it's, it's really just having more fun with the material, you know, like I, I try to stick true to the parts. Um, but I also just kind of try to be me, you know, like, you know, Stephen and I have been doing this now for a really long time. My very first tour with Stephen was back in 2004. And, you know, the one thing that he always impressed upon me was do your thing, have fun with the material, you know, obviously play the parts, but you know, do your interpretation, mm-hmm. which I love because I, I, there's only one slash and he's amazing. There's no replicating that, you know, he's one of the reasons why I got into music. So I just try to have fun with the material and do it justice. And then, you know, throw a little, a little bit of my own sizzle in there, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, just have a blast with it, which we do. And it, what's really cool about it too, 
is I find that the people who come to the show, um, you know, they really have a good time. And I don't think they're really sure what to expect at first. Like there's nobody like dressing or looking or trying to imitate anybody from that classic Guns N' Roses lineup. It's just us doing our interpretation of it. And, you know, what's funny too is when you think about it, the bass players we've had in the band, except for Todd, they were all played with their fingers. You know, Chips Enough plays with his fingers. Yeah. Callahan plays with their fingers. It's a completely different sound than Duff playing with a pick. Right. So again, it's the parts, but it's a, it's, you know, kind of a, a, an interpretation of it, you know, as those stellar musicians, you know, they're their own interpretation. Right. So, well, the hardest thing, I mean, besides the guitar is obviously the vocals, but yeah. your singer, I mean, he, I just watched a video. I haven't seen, I saw you guys, uh, in like, I don't know, like 2013 or something, you came to Phoenix and Tempe and I got a picture with Steven. It was awesome. And Chip was in the band, but I haven't seen you with this singer. I don't think. And I saw a video online. I think it was from the Vegas show. And he he's like, you know where you are, you're in the jungle, but you know, he did it in that pitch, which it's not easy to do that. So that was, that's a great find on that, that singer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, so much of that sound, I mean, each person respectively makes up that Guns N' Roses sound. But I mean, you know, the vocals are iconic, right? So we've had a number of different singers. The guy that we actually had before the person we have now, Ari, um, was uh, Constantine Maroulis from American Idol. I don't know if you remember Constantine, but you know, he did a lot of Broadway stuff. And it was cool to have him do his thing, but it was definitely his own interpretation. He didn't sound Mm. anything like Axel. Mm. Um, So, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have a guy who can consistently pull it off and, you know, really, really nail it because it's not, it's not easy. No, it's definitely not. You know who I, um, the other piece of the the puzzle with uh, Guns N' Roses was uh, Izzy Stradlin, the other guitarist. I'm just still so fascinated with him. Does Steven keep in touch with him? Like, does he ever talk about him? Does he tell you Izzy stories? Like, give me some sort of Izzy Stradlin something. I, I'm just so fascinated by that guy. Uh, I'll tell you a great story, man. So oh, um, great. Izzy, Izzy has come down and hung out with us a number of times. Um, wow. And what's crazy is like, if he walked into the room, you wouldn't even know it was him. He's such a low key character. He's tall. He's a big dude. Is um, but you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be like, Oh, that's the guy from Guns N' Roses. I mean, he really is kind of like a mystery. He was a mystery back in the day. He's still a mystery today, you know? Yeah. Um, so we did a show. Um, this was a while ago now, like probably 2010 or 11. But anyways, it was like the 20th anniversary of Appetite. Um, mm. And so we, we did a show in L.A. And... Um, Wait, was it the, yeah, in the mid 2000, gosh, yeah, maybe eight or 2008. I don't know, that was a 20th anniversary show. Anyways, so we we had a number of the guys from the band come down to rehearsal because they were going to get up and do a song with us. So um, Izzy was really good about showing up to the rehearsals and going through the parts. And uh, Duff came down as well. Um, And so the craziest thing was, you know, I was like 12 years old or something when that record came out. You know, I was, I've been really lucky. Like a lot of the guys that I grew up listening to, I've had the opportunity to work with, or tour with, or record with. 
So I'm in this room with like three fifths of the original Guns N' Roses. And it's the first time that's happened since, you know, you know, I guess whenever, like 1990, whenever that happened with Steven, you know? Yeah. So it was amazing. We have all these guys in the room, right? Um, and we're going through the different songs. And so we, we launch into Welcome to the Jungle and we start the opening riff. And Steven starts his hats and the kick. And um, we're about, I don't know, like maybe 15, 20 seconds into the song and, and Duff holds up his hand and he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. And so we all stop and he looks at Izzy and he goes, oh, hey, what's the chord change here again? And uh, Izzy looks at him, he looks at his guitar and he goes, I don't know, ask him. And he points to me. So now here I am in this room with these guys and I'm going through the opening notes of the song, just kind of refreshing everybody's memory. And I'm thinking, dude, if you would have told me as like a 12 year old kid that one day I would be in a room with these guys from Guns N' Roses going over these parts, I'd yeah. be like, you're out of your mind. There's no way that'll ever happen. Oh, that's fucking, is this the one, is this the show where Slash showed up, but then he like didn't get on stage because he had just rejoined Guns N' Roses and he's like, ooh, I don't want to piss Axel off. No, no, it was, a, me that. It, it was a thing with Revolver. Oh, Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I thought there was another time where it was like, you guys were all there. It was like four-fifths of Guns N' Roses. Slash showed up, but Slash didn't play because he didn't, He didn't. I, I think it was maybe he didn't want to like step on Axel's toes at the time or something. Yeah, I, I know at that time, you know, Velvet Revolver was in full swing and maybe there was some stuff going on with Scott at the time. I'm not really sure, but okay. he, he was there for a bit and then he peeled out. So yeah. I don't know. But, you know, all the other guys came up and, and performed and not just one song, but like, I think we did, we did Brownstone, we did uh, Welcome to the Jungle and uh, Paradise City. So, you know, it was, it was awesome. And I got this great photo of, of, from that show and I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, there's me and there's Duff and Izzy and Steven. And Steve, I mean, Izzy is the most elusive one of all of them. So to have him on stage is pretty awesome. That's amazing. You'll have to show me that picture or send it to me. I, I will send it to you, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, because the thing with Steven is like, I mean, there's nothing against Matt Sorum, but Steven's drumming style, I don't know, it's something about it that made that first GNR album. It, it sounds, it's something about the way they, I don't know, somebody, I heard it described as a swing. I, I don't mm -hmm. know, I don't know anything about drums or drum style. I just know that it sounds it's very different. And again, nothing against Matt Sorum or uh, Frank Fur, I believe is the new yeah. drummer. They're both phenomenal drummers, but oh, yeah. the drum sound on the first record, it just had such a chemistry with the guitars and the rest of the band. I feel like it's hard to duplicate. I'd be so curious to hear what all five of the original guys could do, even for just like two song, two new songs, record a new song, especially I'm sure Izzy's sitting on tons of material and Axel and Slash too. Yeah. I think everybody would, would love that, man, because you know, you're absolutely right. And again, the weird thing about Guns N' Roses to me is it's like lightning in a bottle, right? You had five guys that were completely different from one another, but when they came together, they made this unique sound that was just like, it was, it was lightning in a bottle. You know, it just, it's very rarely happens. Um, and with Steven's drumming style, you know, the very first time I realized just how he has his own thing. Like, you know, you talk about like guitar players who play with feel, you know, or singers mm -hmm. who vote. That's very hard to do through the drums. And when you think about his playing, 
really, he emotes through the drums. And um, the very, very first time we ever got together to rehearse, um, I, he was living in Vegas at the time, and I drove from L.A. to Vegas. And we got in the room, and, you know, literally 30 seconds into the first song, I was like, wow, I've been playing these songs, uh, it, you know, over the years as a kid in jam bands or as a cover song. But when you get in the room with a guy and you hear that beat, it takes on a completely different life. And it, it, it then cements it to, to the sound that was on the record. And it just completely transforms the song. It's the weirdest thing to do. I played that song with, you know, 20 different drummers mm-hmm. in different incarnations of bands or cover stuff or whatever, just for fun. But it wasn't until I got in that room with Steven and he started playing that it was like, wow, this is the real deal. This is what makes it special. So um, wow. it's cool. And it's, again, it, when you think about that record and what they achieved, it is so scarce, so such a rare thing to have those different personalities come and make this crazy, you know, um, identifiable, like unique album. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, so what happened with the tour? Because when they first got back together, I thought he was going to come back and join the tour either for a couple songs or like five songs or something. And then he hurt his back or whatever happened to that. And then he never came back. I mean, cause they've been touring now for years and he, I haven't seen him do any shows. Yeah. I know he hurt his back and then he would come out and guest, you know, uh, okay. during certain shows. So, you know, I think he did some stuff in Cleveland, you know, Dodger stadium. He went down to Argentina. As a matter of fact, hmm. when he went down to Argentina, the guest with GNR was when he found the singer we have now. Oh, okay. Was he playing yeah. in a different band at the time? Are you? Uh, he was playing in uh, a band in Argentina that covered a lot of GNR stuff. So basically, hmm. there was a big after party after the show oh. um, that him and his wife went to, and his band was playing. And Stephen got up and did some songs with the guys, and he was so blown away by the kid's voice. Um, he was like, "Hey, you know, give me your number. I want to stay in touch with you." Wow. So we. Um, flew him up for an audition, you know, um, probably like, I don't know. I want to say like maybe less than a year later. Uh, hmm. and then, you know, he became our guy. So yeah, that's how that happened. That's awesome. I want to see you guys with this new singer. I haven't, I mean, I don't know if you'd say he's new, but I haven't seen you with, with Ari yet. So I'd be, yeah. hopefully you guys, will, are you going to do a tour? I know you have a, a couple shows lined up, but yeah, we're, we have a show in Oklahoma on March 25th. It's uh, us and Vince Neal. With Molly that'll Crew. be fun. Yeah. yeah, that'll be a great night. Uh, and then the next night we are in Utah, Salt Lake City. Uh, and then I'm not sure what the next date is after that. I know that they're, they're working on a bunch of stuff right now, so it's still okay. kind of trickling in. Okay. Are you, and so are you going to release new music as Adler's Appetite? I don't know. I hope so. You know, we've been working on a few things here and there. Um, and then, you know, the, the producer that we're, we're working with at the time, um, he's out on, on the road right now. So it's a matter of kind of making schedules work. You know, it's great that we all live in different states, but, you know, technology, you can send files back. And yeah. forth. Um, so we would definitely like to, I think it's just, you know, kind of a matter of, um, getting everybody back in the same place to kind of put a, 
a stake in the ground and say, okay, these are the ones we're going to do. But I mean, we've, we've demoed a ton of stuff. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause so the, uh, I always want to ask this too. I was so confused because I love personally, I love the name Adler's appetite. I think it's a badass name. <laughs> it's perfect. But then he changed it to Adler for a little bit. And then he, I think, and then at one point it was just Steven Adler. So now we're back to Adler's appetite. And we're sticking with that. Cause I love that name. I mean, it's funny because, uh, I see it advertised different ways. I'll see it advertised as Adam's okay. appetite. I'll see it advertised as Steven Adler of guns and roses. So to be honest with you, it's a much, as much of a mystery to me as it is to you, how that happens. I don't know. Okay. All right. How's Steven doing? Is he, is he staying sober? I know that's always been a, a struggle for him, but I know he, he, he had gone a pretty long streak staying sober. Yeah, no, he's doing good, man. I, I actually just talked to him last week. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's at home and he's doing good. He's healthy. He's looking forward to these shows coming up because it's been since, I think like the end of October or first week of November was our last show. So we've had like, you know, three months off and everybody's itching to get back out there. Um, and he's been playing great, man. I'll, I'll tell you what, like, um, he, he doesn't miss a beat, man. Like you, when we go out, it's just like, it's, it's just like muscle memory. It's amazing. You know? Mm. So he's doing really good. That's good to hear. Are, now are you, are you sober too? Or how, cause you have like a six pack. I'm like, I got to ask you, how do you, how the hell do you get a six pack? I've tried to get a six pack my entire life. I've tried all different diets. I've tried vegan, keto, all this. I, I cannot get a six pack. What do you do? What is your workout? What's the trick? How do I do it? Uh, well, so thank you for, for saying that. Um, it, dude, it's honestly, I really truly believe it's a balance of diet and exercise because the diet is just as important as the exercise, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, dude, it's just, there's, there's, <laughs> there's no magic formula. It's just a lot of hard work. But I, dude, I, I really like being in the gym. You know, and I, I try to, I try to go at least a couple of days a week. I try to stay on a schedule, especially when we have shows coming up, you know? So, um, yeah, I think a great thing is, uh, you want to do the abs. It's one thing to do, like, it's one thing to do sit-ups, which is mm -hmm. good, you know? Um, but I just really feel like you gotta, you gotta get weights in the mix. Otherwise the muscles aren't going to grow, you know? So I do a lot of those seated abs with the the weight thing, you know, um, a lot of cardio, you know, running is good. Um, and then man, dude, a, a real healthy diet. I eat pretty stripped down too, you know, like and do you, so you not drink at all or you just in moderation or, Oh dude, super in moderation these days, you know, like I'll, I enjoy like a glass of wine here and there. Um, you know, if it's a Friday night and I'm, I'm meeting some friends, you know, I'll have like a drink or two, but Honestly, I just, I, I have so much on my plate. I can't do it like we did back in the day. You know what I mean? There's just, there's Oh, just did no you back in the day though? You were crazy back in the day? Oh man, I was in Faster Pussycat for, I was in Faster Pussycat for almost eight years. I mean. Yeah. yeah. And that's when he was, that's when he was not sober. The Tammy was not sober at that point. No, not, not at that point. He yeah. is now. And he has been yeah. for like, um, I want to say like, what, five, six years or something? Yeah. That seems to be the path. It's like you go really hard and you literally party like a rock star and then you have to either cold Turkey or at least dial it back a little as you get older. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he, he, I think had a health scare and he just went yeah. cold turkey. and, um, you know, he, I think he sounds great. He looks great. I mean, uh, honestly, uh, I think he's done a really good job, you know? Um, but for me, it's like, it's all about moderation, you know? And, 
and that's just kind of like that's just kind of like my lifestyle because I have so much going on. I can't afford to wake up hungover and have my day wasted, you know. Right. No, it's like a uh, Def Leppard, uh, what Phil Collin, I think it was the, the guitar player. Like he talked about how he, you know, he got sober and then he would wake up and then he's like, Oh no, I have all this like time. So then that's why he started working out and doing all the uh, martial arts and stuff. He's got like a six pack. He's like in his sixties, I think. Yeah. So. He's in great shape, man. And you know who else I'm really impressed with and always have been is uh, Duff. You know, when he got yeah. sober, man, he looks great. He's like, so does Slash. When I just saw Slash, Slash has like these giant, biceps he never had those before he's like ripped yeah it's funny how it changes right it's funny that you go from this uh, 360 almost transformation and it, it happened you know with i don't know i guess as you get older you get wiser or at yeah. least you hope you do right no and then like you said the health scares sometimes that i know duff had the pancreas thing and like it was like and same thing like zach wild it was kind of these things where it's like if you keep drinking you're gonna die and then it's like Okay, well, I don't want to die, so uh, you know I might like alcohol, but I don't love it that much. So yeah, no, yeah. that makes sense. And you cool. know, I'm lucky that for me, it, it never got to that point. I just kind of woke up one day and I was like, nah, you know what? I need to get back in the gym. I need to take care of myself. You know, because if I want to go out and do this to the physical level that I enjoy doing this, then I really need to take care of myself. Because again, yeah, if you check out some of those videos, man, it's a very physical show. Yeah. Well, I think that's important. Um, not only just for the physical, like running around, but like, I think part of the, is the look of the rock. I mean, if you went out there and you're wearing like dockers and a button up shirt, like it's not the same, that's not rocky. You got to like look the part and look cool. And I mean, you have your sick truth clothing company that I'm sure you're all, that's all your clothes that you're wearing and stuff. Is that, is that how I can, can I get some of those clothes? I need some cool clothes. I, so so actually sick truth is uh, a clothing company that uh, a buddy of mine has in Europe. Oh yeah. And uh, he's uh, been really great about, you know, sending me out stuff. And he, he works actually a lot with, uh, and, has, and gotten a lot of stuff out to the guys in Alice Cooper's band, um, Tommy Hendrickson and, and, and the rest of the guys. Um, so I had a clothing line uh, called Johnny Ringo. Okay. And, uh, and so I was heavily involved with that uh, for a period of time. Um, I've also done a bunch of design work for different companies. So, um, I was telling this story the other day. So I, I was mentioning that I have my hands in a bunch of different little things, you know? Yeah. Uh, one of them was a bunch of design work that I did for Urban Outfitters. So I hmm. done a, a bunch of designs for those guys and actually two years in a row had like their best sellers. Wow. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So yeah, I think that's a big part of it is the the style. And so obviously you have that, that down. That's awesome. Do you have any other future plans for music? Like in terms of other bands that you want to play with or like forming a super group or something like that? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to do that just because I love staying busy, you know, and, um, you know, I've met so many awesome people, you know, in, in the music industry that I think, yeah, that would be a blast to put together like a super group and go out and do stuff. Everybody's so busy though. Sometimes it's hard to kind of get that together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, as far as other bands that I'd love to play with, I mean, dude, there's a bunch and you know, it's cool because, I, I get calls for different things and I always find like I, I fall into these, these different projects where, you know, I end up working with an array of people, like, you know, from like the eighties guys to, um, I didn't did you play with saliva. Yeah. I, I helped those guys out. Um, they had some shows and their guitar player for some reason couldn't do the show. So I stepped in there. Um, 
I did a, a song and a music video with Snoop Dogg of, of right, all of you, yeah, which was awesome. Um, I've done a lot of work with um, like different people from uh, American Idol and Voice. So you know, I was over in Europe doing that for for a bit. That was much more on the pop side of things. So. I get a really good variety of projects, but I mean, honestly, what I've been focusing on heavily in the past, like, you know, month, two months is getting out that new uh, single, the cover of what's on your mind. And then um, I have a number of other songs I'm going to be releasing this year and keep getting out original material, keep getting out new stuff. So um, I'm actually heading back into the studio next week to uh, finish up some mixes uh, for the next release. Perfect. Okay. Well, cool. Well, we'll all look for that. I look for new songs. And uh, like I said, my suggestion, get some like, like DJ Ashba and Steven a guest on some of your songs. That's, that would yeah. be cool to see that. Um, now I always end each episode with a charity. Is there a charity that you work with or that you want to promote here at the end? If uh, people have a few bucks after they buy your song? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, in Dallas, uh, I have some good friends who work with paws in the city. So Ooh. it's a uh, rescue for, for animals. Uh, honestly, I feel like anything around that animal space, you know, it's like near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have uh, dogs or cats or both? Or I did. I had a little chihuahua uh, huh. for 16 and a half years. So uh, you'll see her on my social media and on my okay. website as well. There's okay. a great shot of her uh, at uh, SIR with uh, a Spinal Tap road case behind her, which I, nice. I, I love that photo. But yeah, no, she was uh, she was my sidekick for 16 and a half years. Unfortunately, she passed away last July, 2020, you know? Yeah. So um, yeah, any kind of like animal charity, you know, uh, I, I think is huge, man. Because, you know, animals don't have a voice, you know? And, uh, you know, so many, you know, either end up in shelters um, or, you know, unfortunately, you know, end up rowing the streets. And I just think anything that we can do to help them, whether it's dogs, cats, whatever is super admirable because they can't help themselves. You know, I agree hundred percent. I'll put that in the notes and, um, people can follow you on social media to keep up with all the, uh, next songs. Do you have any plans for the next single? Yeah. Yeah. The, the song is, is selected and, uh, I'm hoping that the next one will probably be out. I'd say, Let's see, March, but probably like the end of April, 1st of May. Okay, perfect. I'll look for that. Well, thanks so much, Michael. It's been a blast. Dude, Chuck, thank you so much. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Great stuff from Michael Thomas. I don't know if I'll ever have those six-pack abs, but a guy can try, right? So make sure to check out the new song by Michael Thomas. Follow him and Adler's Appetite on social media. Follow me on social media and your likes, shares, and comments on social media, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, all that stuff. They help us all out immensely, and we all appreciate it. So if you could, also, please subscribe to my show on YouTube or wherever you listen, if it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I think Google Podcasts you can subscribe to, I hope. And if you want to go that extra mile, if you can write me a review on Apple Podcasts or rating on Spotify or whatever they have on Google Podcasts, that would help me out a lot too. Thank you so much for your support. Have a great rest of your day. And remember, shoot for the moon. 